Welcome to the Home Service Business Coach Podcast with your host, David Mowerman. You will learn to grow your home service business and transition from being the technician in your business to being the CEO and leading your team to success. Get a front row seat where you will get practical advice from industry experts on how you can level up your home service business. Get ready to take some notes because we're going to jump right into it here. All right. What's up, everybody? I'm back again for another Hot Seat podcast episode. I got my main guy Landon with me today, who I'll be handing uh, over the controls to, and he's got a topic. I'm going to let him intro the topic and kind of uh, serve up the questions one by one and uh, put me on the hot seat here. So be ready to uh, take some notes and hopefully you enjoy this one. So Mr. Landon, the controls are yours, man. You are flying the airplane. So take her away, my brother. Yes, sir, Dave. Uh, It's going to be a good one. We got a good one for you guys. Dave is definitely going to be put on a hot seat. You know, we're in a, we're in a time, you know, gas, you know, gas prices, the groceries, you know, we're coming out of a pandemic. And we're going to, and I'm going to put Dave on the hot seat with the topic, why you should start a home service business in 2022. So um, I think it's going to be really beneficial uh, because like we said on last um, week's episode, it's all about what you can control that 85%, the locus of control, I think you were mentioning and referring to Dave. So this is going to be a good one, man. So we'll just, we're going to dive right into it. Yeah. Dave. Why should you start a home service business in 2022? Yeah, great question, Landon. I'm excited for this one um, because, you know, I don't have all the answers. I do have some experience in this, you know, tracking back. I've been doing this now for 14 years. What you'll typically find is in any, uh, really any business, your business is going to go through ups and downs. And, you know, there is something called the economy that will have some indication of the success of your business. Now, notice I said some, if you're looking for more info on that, Lan and I just touched on that last episode. But I think when you choose to go into a home service business, I'll get into the reasons why I love it, but just to address the cultural moment right now that we have, um, you know, I got my business going in 2009. Um, For those of you historians on the call, like that was one year after the 08 collapse, banking collapse, people lost their homes, investments, et cetera, et cetera. We still did totally fine. Now, Landon and I were in Canada who, you know, obviously we neighbor the States and we're kind of like a little, little brother, little sister kind of mm-hmm. thing, but it's still very similar just on a smaller scale. So I think what you'll see is, is obviously there's ups and downs of the economy. Now, this is just my crystal ball is we've traditionally had an extremely hard time finding staff, but also a fairly easier time finding clients. Anyone in contracting the last decade has just been feasting, um, foaming at the mouth, getting jobs. Everybody I meet, oh, no trouble getting jobs. Like, how do we get some staff, right? And it's like, there's this crazy imbalance we've seen the last number of years. It's my sneaky suspicion that we will get into a slightly more balanced market. And it's no, it's not dissimilar to our real estate market, right? We saw here people buying homes, paying way over ask, people selling crazy buck wild market. We're seeing now a, a cooling, right? We're seeing more of a balanced market where if you list your home for a million dollars, someone's not going to show up and pay you 1.8 
cash, right? It's like, it's your, <laughs> yep. They're going to pay you a million or you're going to try to beat them up on price as like a good balanced market should be, right? I think every mm -hmm. good salesperson loves the price objections and we love, we love that game. And so I think what we're seeing here is just a more balanced market. I think it, I, I, I'm not advanced enough to comment on if there's a recession or not. I think at the end of the day, we've got to work extra hard now, I think, to land jobs as interest rates go up, fuel goes up, groceries go up, everything is going up, uh, as should be your prices. That's a whole nother episode. But I think <laughs> at the end of the day, um, you've got to look and see what's in your control. And you may need to pivot some things. You may need to tighten up your belt a little bit on a spending initiative, right? Maybe you're not going to go buy that $15,000 hydro seater or that brand new Mercedes Sprinter van you've been eyeing up. Maybe you've got to delay with that a little bit. So I think in lean times like these, and it could get leaner, tough to say, you need to be like, I think you do yourself a big service if you're running a financially well-run company. And what I mean by mm -hmm. that is not leveraged to your eyeballs with debt. And I think that's what happened initially when the COVID pandemic hit. The contractors who were up to their eyeballs with lease agreements and, um, you know, vehicle payments and uh, massive lines of credit and, you know, maybe owing the bank extra funds, blah, 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 blah. That's when you get hammered. But if you, per per I personally believe if you run a fiscally responsible business, you keep yourself out of debt as much as very much possible. Um, you, you pay outright for your vehicles um, and you run things well and you steward your finances well. I think these ups and downs don't, the downs don't hammer you as hard. I think you still need to be aware of them, but if you're not owing a ton of money on different things, I think you can sleep a little bit better at night. So that's kind of my first comment, man, just to open up where we're currently at. Do I think hiring will get easier? No. Um, do I think we generally all need to raise our prices? Yes. And I ultimately think we could be in for a little bit of a down here for a season or two. Uh, and that just means we're going to have to work that much harder. The good news, the guys who've been feasting, the girls who've been feasting, who don't know a lick about running their business and they've been keeping busy, um, there's going to be some economic cleansing going on, I think, where you cut, it's kind of, uh, who said it, Warren Buffett, I think it's like when the tide goes out, you actually see who had their like swimsuit on or something yep, like that. Yep, effect. So yep. I think in home services, I think we're kind of going to see that because through the pandemic, people are stuck at home. Assuming their employment was fine, they pivoted to work from home. They couldn't get on an airplane for a year and a half, especially here in Canada. We had very strict COVID laws. We still do. Um, they're dumping money in their place, right? They're putting in the $10,000 hot tub. They're doing the whole put turf in the front and back. Why not? Let's go. Um, contractors stayed very busy. I think now yep. interest rates up, tighter discretionary spending. Um, you can get on an airplane, take the family to Mexico. I think now there's just other factors to consider. Um, and so you just need to be a smart entrepreneur at the end of the day. Absolutely. And I think it, I think it ties down to, you know, resourcefulness because uh, we're always, oh, I was, uh, I was hearing this guy, I think it was a uh, Paul Mitchell, uh, you know, he built that massive brand of hair products. And he was talking about when he first started out, um, it was back in the 70s. So it was rocky then, right? Like you're still going to be rocky in the, in the stocks and in housing market and so on and so forth, just like today, rising interest rates, everything like that. And instead of sitting back, oh, woe is me, he went out there on Rodale Drive and knocked for two months straight without getting a first sale. 
and was able to then finally turn it into a business five years later down the line. So wherever you are at, you know, don't look at what you don't have. Look at what you do, kind of this uh, methodology of watering where you're at right now. Get resourceful, get scrappy, because there's always, always, always opportunities out there. Because at the end of the day, if you don't do it, somebody else will. It just comes down to how badly do you want it thinking outside the box getting around your right people like we talked about last week um and also maybe if you have those extra funds instead of leasing a truck invest it in your business through a coaching program we're gonna plug you know how it is but uh get resourceful we got the sales guy here running the podcast how are we we're gonna (laughs) plug we're gonna plug i think too though landon to your point like if you've been in contracting now for a few years, there could be bumpy road ahead, but that's where I think the ultimate trade of an entrepreneur, the the winner entrepreneur versus the loser entrepreneur comes down to your resilience. And, you know, um, there's a, there's a quote I love too, like people get remembered for what they refuse to give up on. Right. And so when I look at someone, you know, driving, and I'm not very materialistic in the slightest, I own 12 of these same shirts, right? It's like, you look at, someone who is oh so successful has a nice car has a great business all these employees blah 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 i don't really always see that on the surface level i see man this lady this man went through the fire right for for years for maybe decades um man they had those sleepless nights there's you know seven hundred dollars in the business bank account and payrolls going out it's like that is what you get remembered for is what you mm-hmm. refuse to give up on your business, your marriage, your health, et cetera, et cetera. So I think like hear this to the listener, like it might be time for you to have a bit of a gut check and like dig your heels in a little bit. And I'm not big in our program for like motivational rah, 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 but it's like, I think sometimes in life we need to hear that. And, and right now it might be finding you well of like, Hey, it's tough, but that's a good thing. So like get ready to carry a bit of a heavier load potentially this year. Absolutely. Tough times make tougher people, right? Absolutely. And, and, and we could talk about this well, the difference between riches and wealth, you know, if you want to flash, you're just spending more money. That person that has that nice car spent three grand a month to maintain it, where you're taking this and putting it into your business. That's going to tenfold your investment. Um, over there so just like mindset things like that too but mm-hmm. we'll, we'll move on here um dave what has been you started and you made an absolutely critical point 2008 recession you started in 2009 so we're kind of in a similar area yes maybe a, not without a pandemic but we're in a similar area and arena so during that you know what has been the best thing about starting your home service business and then i also want to counter what is one bad thing as well? Just to keep it realistic with everybody. It's not just sunshines and rainbows, yeah, it, <laughs> which we all it, know with the business. It's so easy. I've never worked more than four hours a week, right? You know, um, I think at, <laughs> at the end of the day, man, like 09, not only were we out uh, or in a recession, um, I had zero customers and basically zero dollars. I was in business school. I had never even done a project. So it's like, the back, you, you had your back, I had my back up against the wall. We're now going through it. We have thousands and thousands of customers in our database, a staff. It's like, okay, easier to argue now. Oh, Dave will be fine. We have our past customers, maybe the bottom 10% drop off and whatever. But back then I had nothing and I still had a good run of it um, and got a business off the ground who, off the ground who 
uh, I had no customers. So just one one comment to make on that. But um, to your to your question line, and you're asking what is the best thing that the home service business has provided me? Is that the question? Yeah, like what yeah. has been one of the best things about starting your own business, own home service business? Yeah, I think like a few things, and I'll be on that in one sec, but like high level, like why you'd want to even start a business, why I got into washing, I get that question almost every week, right? Why did you choose washing? Like number one, um, and this goes for a lot of home service businesses, but it's very profitable, right? We run uh, route work, largely residential, it's recurring um, you know, we spray people's own water that they pay for on their own home and they pay us to do it. Wrap your head around that for a sec. Uh, it's just a, <laughs> it's an incredible business model too. It's a fragmented industry. I think I could go into any market across the US and count on one hand um, in each specific market, how many people actually know systems and business. I think mm -hmm. I saw someone make a comment on a Facebook group and I couldn't like the thing enough. It was like, He's, he's giving coaching to this guy in a group and he said, Hey, you don't need a pressure washing coach. You need a business coach. And I'm like, man, is that true? Um, yeah. Get us, get somebody else, but figure out the back end of your business because it's not a pressure washing business. There's so much more to it. Um, you know, profitable, recurring. And then three, you look at our economic shift as we talk about it on this call, you're seeing more millennials buy homes. Um, it's like the first time ever in history now that the younger generation millennials are starting to buy homes beyond, um, I think, the baby boomer generation. And so the millennials don't know how to clean their gutters or change the oil on their car or, you know, and I'm in that camp, too. Um, I've changed the tire before I can count it on one hand. And sometimes when my wife and I are, are driving, I'm just praying. I'm like, please don't let there be a flat tire because I am uh, don't have cell service and whatever else. So um, yeah. I'm. I'm in that camp too, where we're the access generation. Time is everything. We want to be able to Uber our sushi to our front door. And we want to be able to, you know, run off to California on a long weekend with our friends. And we want the access to, we don't want to deal with all the trouble that comes with having a home. So I think the market is, is absolute goldmine. If you can figure out the business systems of any kind of home service business, I think the future will be bright. And also home services, benefits directly from a real estate market. And I think as we go through uh, this inflationary period, I think real estate is a very proven hard asset. You hold a property over 10 years, I can bet, you know, all day and twice on Sunday that that <laughs> thing is going to go up in value. So we yep. follow that as well. You've got to service home. So that's just set in context why I would think about seriously considering starting a business or growing it. But to your point, the biggest thing it's provided me, I, like if I had to sum it up, I would just say it's the freedom. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I've, I've made video on this in my program where I talk about, you know, freedom, income and impact. I think those are really the three big things that drive me. Um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a driver. I want, I'm very driven on results. That's why I started, you know, the painting franchise make 20K in a summer was very attractive to me. Uh, they pulled me out of working for a sausage factory at the time, making $14 an hour and said, stop trading your time for money, come and paint homes. So it's like yeah. very attractive to me to be able to get, you know, rewarded what I'm creating. So that's the income piece. But the freedom really, I mean, the flexibility is just something I think, and you're seeing this too, Landon, with, with this job and getting your own business going as well. That's just something that it's kind of how you're wired that it's like, man, to have somewhere to report to day in and day out, 
um, I think that's becoming like a tougher sell as our economy moves on. And especially how much busier we are too, right? I talked to my parents, you're busy. They tell you're busy, you and Alex, you're busy. I'm like, yeah, we are, we have a full schedule. Um, but things have just accelerated so much as well that you kind of have to be busy, I think, to, to make a go of it today. So I think that's another thing to be uh, considering as well. But ultimately, I'd say the freedom, the flexible schedule, and again, tying it back to systems, that's what's allowed me to create um, some freedom in my life. And I do want to caveat that with, man, it's not always sunshine and rainbows. Like you said, we've, we've had some tough days, tough weeks, tough months, tough years in business over 14 years. But when you throw it all up at the wall, it is still 1000% um, a cause worth fighting for when you look at it on the long-term um, viewpoint. Don't judge success of your business by how the week of May 12 to May 22 went. It's like, that's laughable, right? See it as a, see the bigger picture. Absolutely. Love that. Love that. I think, well, I think we've kind of, especially, you know, with lockdown restrictions the past two years, people want freedom more than ever. And obviously there's a price to pay. If we go back to, you know, World War II, there's a price to pay for our freedom all throughout human history. We see that you're starting your business. You're going to have to make sacrifices, so on and so forth. But there's, there's not too many other worthy endeavors, like you said, freedom income and impact so love that dave but dave i got a question for you yeah man you know i see everything going on and uh ain't the right time man it's just yeah. you know i'd love to it's uh you know it's, it's just not the right time for me what would you have to say to that guy that guy yeah. that woman I mean, timing is a big part of business too. I think we can't operate in a vacuum and I can't look at it and be like, oh, Revive grew so great because how great Dave is. It's like, come on, give your head a shake. It's more, a um, lot of factors, it's multifactorial, but I do think timing played an element as well. You know, while the last five years I was growing this business, uh, our real estate market was charging as well. And, and we definitely benefited um, from that, from growing a brand. So I think like, if you, if you wait for perfect conditions, uh, nothing will ever get done. I think I would, I would say that for one thing. And that, Landon, was a lesson I learned in my um, first year painting. And I'll go back and just tell this quick story because mm. I know a lot of you have been there. This guy calls me up for a quote, actually got his lead at a home show. And at the home show, you've got three different, four different painting companies, whatever. The guy's putting his lead in all of them, fine. Um, I end up calling him, set up a quote Monday, whatever, four o'clock. Um, and I call him at 3.45. Hey, Sean, whatever his name is, I'm gonna have to bump this quote. He's like, oh, why? I'm like, oh, it's it's raining. You know, I can't, uh, I want to get my my notes wet. And he's he, he ended up just kind of calling me out. He's like, I don't want to do business with a company like this. And boom, hung up the phone. And I was like, I'm like, I just didn't go to a quote because it's raining because my notes will get wet. And it's like, so, and I was like 20 years old at the time. And it was such a moment for me of like, why am I bailing on this quote because of the rain? Mm. I'm not hungry enough to get this job. I went out and bought that same day something called waterproof paper. I forget now the company that makes it, but you buy these little yellow notepads and it's waterproof. And and we at Land and I joke too, because we live on the West Coast. It rains here uh, more, more than it it doesn't. And yep. so it, having that, I went on and booked hundreds of thousands of dollars through the rain. I got my waterproof paper, throw on a raincoat. And it was like, 
man, waiting for the perfect condition. If you wait for a nice sunny day, like it is randomly today to go book all your work, it, it's just not going to happen for you. So I think that gets at more of a mindset, Landon. I think mm-hmm. if you, you know, we, we say all these reasons is profitable, it's recurring, all these good reasons to start a business, but ultimately like you need to know that 80% of you listening are going to fail in your first five years. And by fail, I mean, not reach your fifth birthday. That's not because you suck. It's because you probably don't want this. Uh, you, you don't want it bad enough. And so I yep. think if you say I'll start this, that date, um, you're just telling yourself an excuse and you're starting to believe that excuse. So that's what I'd say to that. Yeah. I, I well, we see it with new year's resolutions, you know, we're going to let's use the gym again, going to go work out five days a week. And it's yeah. just, uh, it's not going to happen. You know, the perfect time is now there is going to be no right time, whatever aspect you go on. So I think it really, it, it is a mindset 100%. So yeah. uh, Dave, I got a, I got a bit of a, an interesting one here. So yep. we've kind of talked about, you know, the reasons why you should, right. We've gone into some advice, but I want you to picture this. We mentioned Starbucks last week. So you're at Starbucks, Dave, and uh, you run into a guy, you know, he looks very similar. He's you. In 2009, you guys sit down, you have a chat and he asks you, Hey, Hey, older Dave, what should I do? You know, mm-hmm. what advice do you have for me? So Dave, you're giving advice to your younger self. What are you telling him uh, when he's just starting out that painting company, that story about go buy waterproof paper, <laughs> that would be a piece <laughs> of advice, but you know, yeah. what, what else would you, would you give your younger self here? Yeah, man. Good question. I think lots goes into it. I think I'm cautious answering these questions because I think a lot what we read in culture and the media is like hustle, grind, get after it, like fire your nine to five and just jump in. I think you got to be smart with this. Even when I started Revive, um, I was making a six figure income um, from my painting business working eight, nine months a year. And I would go backpack through Asia for 40 days through the winter, have my phone in airplane mode. Uh, amazing lifestyle when you're 23 to 27 years old, right? Um, not a care in the world. Um, but, you know, looking at that, I had the great, the great business going on, albeit it was in a franchise, I wanted to pivot, start my own brand, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. For three years, man, um, I ran my painting business that paid my income. But you better believe, man, from 5 p.m. to 10 at night, uh, you know, we were, my girlfriend and I were out putting up signs. I'm door knocking. I'm booking in the home shows. I'm setting up my jobber. I'm doing the million different things that move the needle on the business. And I had a pretty hard and fast rule for three years. Um, I did not stop working until like Saturday at like 2 p.m. is usually when my weekend would start. I would get up Saturday Mm -hmm. morning. 6 a.m. Not unnormal. Um, jump on my tasks. I'd get an eight-hour workday in, and I was uh, thankful at the time. Uh, Alex, uh, we were dating at the time. She was a, a shift worker for nursing. And those of you married to shift workers, the moment their car leaves the driveway, you've got a magical 13 and a half hours to go make it happen. And so, uh, you know, we are dating and newly married. She was busy, busy, busy with shift work. And sometimes we're on opposite schedules. So it did time out fairly nicely for me to, to kind of run my day job, albeit that was also very flexible. And I would wedge in like revive tasks throughout the day. And mm-hmm. then come Saturday about 2 PM uh, was, was time to, you know, decompress, go to the beach, go on a date Sunday, fully off church, family recharge airplane mode, 
and I was back to it again Monday. Yep. So what I would say is you want to get proof of concept. And if you listen to anything from the shark, uh, Damon John, he worked at Red Lobster while he started uh, FUBU, mm -hmm. right? For, for us, by us. Absolutely incredible story. So I think, you know, not to compare me to him in any way whatsoever, you need to, I think, first prove your concept. And I would suggest, I get this question almost every week in my box, right? I'm making 60 grand a year. Uh, my husband wants to start his business. My wife wants to start her business, blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, I'd say go out and start it. We did this on our coaching call yesterday. I opened up, you got 168 hours a week. You sleep 56 of them, or you should be, or at least trying to. Then you go work your other 50, uh, you go work your other 56 hours. You still have 56 hours to do what, right? Oh, Netflix. Oh, you should be able to get to the gym, go running, be a great husband, be a great father, start your business. So I think- mm -hmm. Most people, I think they think it's um, black or white. They think I'm either an employee or I'm full-blown entrepreneur because you're going to make your Facebook page, you know, magic pressure washing. You're going to get a hundred likes on the first time you share your page. And then no one's going to care anymore because it's, oh, bravo, you started a business, but then what do we do from there? So yeah. you've got to kind of crawl through the mud, I think, on a part-time basis and wedge in your needle moving tasks on the business throughout your day job. For me, it took about three years. Um, is that normal? I don't know, but it's definitely not preaching you a story of like, I made an Instagram page and I blew up overnight and uh, <laughs> now revive is what it is because I look back at that one post. It's like not a chance. I didn't pay myself yeah. for revive for the first three years. Um, cause I had my painting business going. So revive had to hit hundred K in revenue for me to look in the mirror and be like, Dave, you, this isn't a rinky dink Dave Mormon's business. This is like going to go somewhere. And that gave yep. me the confidence to leave the painting business and just make this my full-time baby. And that's when it really started to grow. Love that. And I think I want to hone in, hone in on that. You know, you're working your day job. You should definitely have the time to do the, you know, the, the, you know, you're off at five, you go to sleep at what, nine 30, 10. So be it. And again, learn from me here. I made that mistake, not once, but twice. I've had two companies fail. Tell us in the about past. it. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm working um, at, the, at the car lot. Um, you know, I was working 29 out of 31 days. I was making great money. It didn't like what I was turning into. So you know what? I pivoted into the uh, health industry. I go full-time in that. That just, you know, within about four months fails. I can't maintain it. Nothing. I had no outside seed money. Nothing. So then I, do, I go back to what I was doing prior. So what you want to talk about a humbling experience. Mm -hmm. I got my first job uh, in construction right out of high school. I had to go back to that. So that was very, very humbling. I was like, man, you know, a oh, man, you know, I was, yeah. thought I was going to go out. And, anyways, and then, uh, you know, I do that for about eight months, get the money back in the account, meet, meet a guy, get hooked up. Uh, and then we go in for a financial services company. And now that taught me so much about the industry. You know, we went door knocking, jeez, yeah. uh, door knocking, presentations, cold calling, everything, everything under the sun. Uh, but that was started at the start. That was founded in February 2020. Okay. So, you know, you can't really pick a you know worst yeah. time if your whole marketing strategy is the organic, is the door knocking and so on. Mm -hmm. You have this raging thing nobody knows about. It wasn't good. So that eventually failed. But both times. I left my full-time gig and just was like, you know what, man, I've heard this social society pressure thing. 
you have to go all in, you have to go all in. So I went all in and it turned around, taught me so much, but eventually I had to go um, pick up another, another gig, which is when I picked up revive. So listen to Dave, you know, prove your concept, then, then look at walking away from your nine to five here. Well, I think it was Cortez, right? He said, burn the ships. And I do agree with that, but I would just tweak that in this context. I'd say burn one ship at a time. Like literally, seriously, I was like, I'm running painting. Maybe that was 35 hours a week. And I saw another gap of 25 hours. You know, if you're going to pull a 60 hour work week, I'm going to fill those 25 hours, one ship at a time. Uh, I'm going to, going to burn off because I'm going to be building this next thing. And so I think you first need to see like the vision. And I think we all see like, oh, we want a six figure income from our pressure washing business. Great. You see the vision. I think a lot of business owners do a pretty poor job at like reverse engineering the game plan to get there. Right. And I'm a very like linear thinker and very analytical. So I I just see a hundred grand average job size at 500 bucks. Right. I see you need 200 jobs. I see you just like this many leads. You're like, it's so easy at this point but i think a lot of people don't actually like see that they can see i think the vision but they just don't see like the roadmap how to get there so mm-hmm. I, I think they're very tricky people for me to coach if they still have their full-time gig that's why we typically don't work with anyone if your sales are below like 30k a year just because you're and landing you get on these calls too right someone's doing unless they're just like you know, I built a painting business to half a million bucks. It flopped. And now I want to, it's like, okay, you already yeah. have the chops for this. Like we can chat, but if you're still holding on to your day job, you got, you know, a wife and two kids, it's going to be tricky to really get this thing going. So I do think absolutely back, back to the opportunity, man. I think opportunity is one of the most strongest things in this life. It's like recognize the opportunity that you have because there's going to be a time when it won't be a great day to start a home service business. Maybe inflation will just never stop or hiring will be, I don't know. But I think if you can go ahead and get busy, build out a client base. And then when the hard times come, like when we dip again in year 2030, 2029, let's just say every seven years, I don't know. um, You're going to have then a client base of 1500 people you can call on and you'll be less prone to the economic factors. So I think like, the economy right now is like a huge wave. And I think if you only have four clients, your boat is like really small and you're probably going to like get absolutely monsooned. And the guy driving like a hundred foot bay liner is like, or however, I don't even know boats, but let's say you're driving a huge boat, right? Um, the, the thing's going to get a little wavy. Some people might be throwing up on board, but you're not going to be sinking to the depth. Yeah. So I think that's a little rough analogy of, of get get busy now, like making hay while the sun is shining. So, you know, I think there, there's no million dollar idea, man. There's only million dollar implementation. So you got to get after it. Absolutely. 100%, man. 100%. So this kind of the last question here kind of ties into what we're talking about, you know, common pitfalls you've seen people make when starting your home service. So we already touched on, you know, prove your concept first, unlike what I did. Yeah. Before you go, before you start burning one of these shifts one at a time. So what are some other common things that you've seen being, uh, uh, you know, starting and running a successful home service, as well as coaching people on that side too? You kind of get the best of both worlds there. Yeah, totally. And but quickly on the proof of concept too, man, I think like 
we're not starting up some technology app that we're like praying that the market's going to adapt it and we'll get to like 10,000 users in the first 30 days. It's like the home service biz, like it's pretty dang proven that, you know, people are going to want to see clean windows and have their gutters clean. It's more mm-hmm. like proving what your skill set is and actually getting some initial lift off is what I'm, what I'm saying. Like we can be confident in any market, the homes are going to need to be cleaned or painted. It's just like, proving that in your market and your skill set. But, you know, to, to your point, you're asking um, what some of the big pitfalls, I mean, I made, made a, um, a resource around this. If you want it, definitely let us know. But there, there, I had really six big mistakes that service businesses make. And, you know, I definitely number one would be, and, and take this from the horse's mouth. I made every one of these um, not charging <laughs> enough. That would be one. Like, I think, we were owner operators, say you're doing, you know, 80 grand a year, you're putting 60 of that in your jeans. Great. Cause it's really, really lean. You kind of own a job right now. That's fine. Um, I think the, the problem is you're charging yourself out at, you know, $55 an hour. Then you want to get an employee and someone in the office and maybe a sales guy. Cause you saw that you should do that next. And you're still charging $55 an hour. Um, you're going to scale up and do, you know, $300,000 in revenue and you're going to have, you know, $300,000 in expenses. Um, Wifey's not going to be happy because you're not paying yourself at that point. So I think (laughs) being very careful of um, that fallacy as well of like, you know, growth is great. Um, It's not what you make, it's what you keep. Um, And so I think, you know, for us with Revive, um, from my pricing from like year two to now year six, we're like well over a hundred percent increase. Uh, I'd, I'd have to get stats on that, but start charging like an entrepreneur, not like self-employed. So that'd be number one, two, um, terrible, 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 um, recruiting practices, I think would, would be another one. You think like, I got to hire someone in my company, Landon, to, to um, let's just say you're running a, uh, I don't know, junk, let's say junk removal, right? I got to yep. hire someone to go drive my junk removal truck. To hire that person, you're competing. That person, let's call him Henry. Henry could go work for any company under the sun, right? Junk removal, painting, go work at a restaurant, go work at Amazon, whatever. Henry's a smart guy. But when you're competing, like you're competing against everybody to try to get Henry to join your company. When I'm competing against another junk removal company to try get a job for a homeowner, you're only competing against those companies that are quoting, you know, for the junk removal. So it's like the bar for recruiting should be so much higher because Henry could go work anywhere. Mrs. Jones can only hire one of, you know, four junk removal companies or however many it is. So we don't put the same amount of attention and shine a spotlight on recruiting as we should. For us, if I need to hire for fill in the blank, I need eight to 10 weeks to actually build a proper recruiting funnel. We think, oh, it's May 15. I'm busy. I'm out booked four weeks. I need a technician. I'll just go to Indeed. I'll have a technician by Monday. That worked in 2009. It doesn't work now in 2022. And it's certainly not going to work in the coming years. So that'd be another, another big one as well. Um, how many do we want to do here? There, there's two. I, I think, yeah, I mean, I mean, if the people, I mean, you already made the resource available, we don't need to cover all six because they can hit us. They can hit me up. They can hit you up, you know, preferably sure. hit Dave up <laughs> and you can, yeah. set, <laughs> you can set up that free resource. Um, but no, I, I think we covered a lot today, you know, oh. Dave, you want to add something? Yeah. I want to do one last one. And I'm going to say a big one is, um, 
misunderstanding the business you're in. I think when you go to the bar with your buddies, they say, uh, how is the painting business going? You're not having success because you're really good at painting houses. Um, at least certainly not on an entrepreneurial scale, you're going to be having success based on how strong your systems are in your business. Mm. So I think very much recognize you're running a customer service and recruiting business that happens to fill in the blank, clean gutters, paint houses, haul junk, whatever the case may be. And in so understanding that your time, like if I had 40, like literally, man, if I started a business today, great time to start a business, I'd let's say 40 hours a week, I would put like, 32 of those hours into sales and marketing. And then I'd put one Friday a week, literally just to go over my budget, tinker with my job or CRM, um, do all the other things we got to do with business. But I'd have a heavy admin day, but I would be, man, boots on the ground. I've knocked on thousands upon thousands of doors to get all my businesses off the ground. Um, And so I think keeping sales and marketing we think, oh, we got to do a little bit, make a Facebook page, make a website. No, no, like that's not going to get the job done. You've got to attack it with such tenacity uh, and take that same fervor into recruiting as well. So I'd say raise up your prices, build out a solid recruiting process, and then like be absolutely savage on the sales and marketing. And like, don't lift your head up until you cross like 250K of revenue and things get messy. uh, And then give Landon a call and get on a call because that's where we can... (laughs) bring you a bit of freedom uh, in the business. So that that's what I'd say to that. Absolutely. All, all I'm hearing is go is gold, absolute gold. So Dave, I think we hit on everything, man. We hit why you should start, um, what advice you give your younger self. Uh, we talked about kind of everything that's going on right now. Uh, what are some of the best things about starting? What are some of the common pitfalls to avoid? Uh, I think we covered everything from A to Z. So uh, shameless plug. You'll see me when you book the call. It'll be in uh, Dave's link on Instagram. You can find it. Um, but other than that, Dave, any last thoughts? Uh, I think last week you left me off or I left everybody off with a quote. Yeah. If you got one quote to uh, drop the mic on, what, what is it here? Man, what a good question. Uh, man, where do I even begin? A good quote. Uh, <laughs> it's an on the spot thing. You you had a good one. Yours was you never, let me see if I cannot botch this. You you never rise to the level of your expectations. You default to the level of your preparation and training, something like that. Yeah, something like that. You nailed it absolutely. Okay. Um, what I'm gonna say is man. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, no, let me just see here. I don't want to keep it. I don't want to keep it too basic here, man, but I'm going to keep it basic for those that have not yet read the book. uh, The E-Myth, this, uh, this quote's going to be, and this, this comes ringing true in Michael's book is get very clear on what it means to be designing and working on your business versus working in your business. Those of you who've heard this podcast, you might be rolling your eyes right now, but we've got to talk <laughs> about that because man, every stage of the business, I've been caught myself as well. Dave, where's your time going? I'm working in the business here. So, you know, we talked about this on our coaching call, but start carving out time to really work on your business um, mm-hmm. with one and i'm going to start prepping some quotes here man so we can just drop them drop the mic to end the episodes like this that's what i'm going to do absolutely no the quotes are essential i i forget i forget who i was listening to a podcast and he's a brilliant man 
And uh, he's like, you know what, whenever I run out of my Vata knowledge, I always have a bunch of quotes lined up so I can still sound like I know what I'm talking about. I was like, that's brilliant. Full transparency there. So uh, everybody, absolutely thanks for listening to us. I hope you enjoyed this uh, week's episode. Uh, I think we got one more lined up uh, for next week here, putting Dave again on the hot seat. Uh, You'll have to tune in for what that topic's going to be about. But let me assure you, it'll be always a, a good one. Beauty. Thanks, Landon. And thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll see you all on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the episode today. If you want to get even more value from David, then book your free coaching call at homeservicebusinesscoach.com.